Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. How's it going? <clears throat> Got a little bit of a software hardware thing here going on. Hang on. Oh, you having some? You having an AV issue? I'm gonna. I have an AD issue. How, how's it sound now? Oh, the same. Do you want me to send my guy over? Uh, I got a guy. It, it, well, the thing is, it sounds the same to you because uh-huh. my microphone was working. Oh. It just sounds different to me because I switched the the uh, imp, the output mode. Oh, the output mode. Okay. Because, see, I'm using a new interface. Not new. It's oh, old. this is exciting. We should talk about this. It's an, it's the, this is the best type of uh, show we do. No, this is the old – when I was on <clears> – <throat> When I was on uh, iHeartMedia. <laughs> okay. Uh, when, you, you're still doing it, right? What, you know that. What, I'm doing what? What am I doing? Oh, sorry. I'm still getting I'm still getting your computer sound. No. Are you really? Computer mm-hmm. sound. Hang on. Oh, because it says built-in microphone. Hang on. How about now? iHeartRadio. Is this good? Does it sound? Yeah, you sound great. Oh, see, that's the thing. That was the, that was the source. Um, so when I was on iHeartRadio, you know, they tried to, um, they tried to give us a... Uh, a bunch of gear. Oh. And so they gave me an Apogee Quartet, hmm. which is a uh, kind of interface, an audio, we used to say audio to digital interface. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's a sound, a piece of sound. So it, turns, it turns voice into computer. turns voice into computer, and then it will turn your computer voice back into voice to me so I can hear it instead of just ones and zeros. Okay, that, that, okay, that makes sense. So this has got four uh, XLR inputs. I mean, you know, I could basically record a, a drum drum take on this. It mm-hmm. Wouldn't be that good, but no. Uh, anyway, I mean, you'd have to you have to do it a lot. You get better at it. You'll be a regular Albini in no time. A regular Albini. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the pr- get, get it in a real wet room. Get in a wet room. <clears throat> get a wet room. Maybe have you play in like a stairwell or something, and then you have right. several sets of mics. You could do, uh, you know, a Bowie uh, a Visconti by, by way of, uh, of, uh, of of Bowie type thing with a gate. You love gates. Be an Albini. I would then make some very disparaging comments about your band and about uh, music in general and about the music industry. He uh, he once referred to something. It might even be a Pixies record, which would be a bummer. But I he once referred to something as a pinch loaf one off, and I still think of that a lot. <laughs> I think he talked about in utero, and called it um, you know a mediocre a punk <laughs> a mediocre band making a mediocre album or something. It's, it's no rape man. <laughs> anyway, anyway. <laughs> so the uh, so I stopped using the uh, the uh, uh, apogee four way uh, quartet. Uh, because I switched over to the the little red box because I was doing a lot of traveling and the little red box was easier to carry in my bag. Did you get scarlet? I got a scarlet, a little scarlet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're very they're cute and they fit right in your in your. They're cute. I got a scarlet, a scarlet focus right two i two. There you go. That's you know that's all that's all a podcaster needs. <laughs> and the apogee is a big thing. And honestly, Merlin, I have to say it's one of these boxes where it's got some buttons. It's got a knob. But hmm. all of the um, – what it wants you to do is it wants to direct you to its uh, – Dip switches. Well, no, to the on-screen. Oh, I see it has an interface. And, uh, apart from the interface. So now you're to get your voice into computer, you have to, again, use computer and vice versa. So you have a button that says one. Well, you push uh-huh. one. And then you push A, B, or C, and it changes what one does. And so on an old mixing console, you had a lot of buttons and knobs because everyone did a discrete thing. 
Now you just have they, and they think that this is graceful design. And yeah, it's, how, it's what we want. You just have mm. one button, and the button changes depending on what the other button. It's like a digital watch from the seventies. Yeah, right. Except you, can, you know what I mean. Where like one, or like you got two buttons to do everything. You can't even play Frogger on it though, or whatever you could Mm-mm. digital watches, right? Remember electronic quarterback. Yeah. Electronic quarterback. Oh. Oh, the hours we spent sitting at the lunch table in seventh grade playing electronic. You could either do a passing play or a running play. Yeah. Kevin Horning had one. And Kevin was, Horning. So that's what I'm doing here. But I had okay. When I plugged it in, it threw a pop-up menu that was like, "Oh, the Apogee software isn't uh, updated to the thingamabob." And I spent a little time looking into that, and I ended up on a message board where they were like, "Yeah, it always says that, but it, uh, but that's just a bug." And so then I came on, and of course it wasn't. I see. So what you're saying is it's making your life easier. My life is 100% easier. One of the reasons I stopped using it is that I did not like the interface at all. No. The interface, uh, the software interface, like mm-hmm. so many software interfaces, just seemed kind of shabby. Is it emulating a rack in the way that it looks? It's trying to. But it doesn't yeah. do the thing, you know, some of those things, it throws up a thing and it looks like a wood-paneled office space. They call it they call it skeuomorphism, where you try to make a thing look like another thing. You try to make a, a fake world item look like a real world item. That It's skeuomorphism. Mm-hmm. We don't have that here with the Apogee. What we have is an attempt at skeuomorphism, hmm. and it did not succeed. So it makes me feel like I'm looking at, you know... I. I have to confess, I'm, yeah. well, two things. I'm recording from okay. my house, my new house. Oh, your, your new old house. New, you're, 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 getting, you're getting finished house. Getting finished house. I'm looking out the window at, at, the, at the trees and bushes. Huh. Um, uh, but I, the, the real confession, that's not a confession. That's just a, okay. that's just a setting. Actually, it's more of an admission. An, it's a just I'm setting the stage because if, there, if you have any questions, I know people okay. are curious. Uh, but the real change, there's been a major change, which is okay. Should I brace myself? I got I got a pen. I, I'm not I'm not sure how uh, I'm not sure how this is going to be received. But I have okay. I have finally purchased a motor vehicle that was made in the 21st century, and that sounds You're very kidding futuristic. me. That sounds super. You know, a 21st century motor vehicle. It sounds very futuristic, doesn't it? It does, like a meet George Jetson yeah. type situation. A ring car or something. But mm-hmm. actually, we're 21 years into the 21st century. You could be born in the 21st century and be 21 years old. <sighs> a car that was... I'm not, loving, I'm not loving that at all. A car that was made in the 21st century isn't actually necessarily a new car. Now, I, my, my car was made in 19 my old car was made in 1979 right you know right in the heart of the 20th century really in the thick of it you know uh-huh my my car that i'm driving now a car i recently purchased trying to solve the because the problem with the suburban was that the headlights started going off on their own in the night i would be driving along and the headlights would go off while you're driving oh, yeah you're driving along they say electrical is one of the most complicated things to fix. That's what they say anyway. And what was confusing about this, because I already had to do a thing when I put the key in the ignition, I would turn the key, not to turn the motor on, but just turn it to get the electrical on. And then I had to 
pull the gear shift lever back and to the right. Back and to the right. Back and to the right. And then I would turn the key with my other hand. I'd have to reach my left, left hand over, turn the key, and then the truck would start. Now, if, I, if, I, if you just turned the key without, without moving the gear shift lever back and to the right, that you would just you'd get nothing. The starter wouldn't even click. So some connection I, had to, I have to make by pulling the gear shift lever back and to the right. And then it was just real, real quickly. You, you just discover this. I mean, is this was this your your known solution? Where you said, "Oh, out of the box, haha! If this isn't working, I should do this." Or is this something you? I'm guessing that you just discovered, kind of accidentally. I was sitting on the side of the road. You, you basically found a secret panel, the equivalent of like you're in a first or second level dungeon. You're inspecting the walls, and you find like a secret panel. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a panic situation. It was right around Christmas time. Uh, my daughter and I had gone downtown to buy a Christmas present, to pick up a Christmas present. Um, her mother, uh, you know, my daughter's mother slash partner and my mother <laughs> are both people who will tell you the present they want. They're not somebody like me who says, ah, just surprise me. Because they know that that never produces the desired result. And so they say, here's the item number. It makes it may, honestly, I, I know it's not very romantic or, you know, whatever, but, or, but it really saves both of you a lot of hassle and disappointment. It really does. It really does. Uh, and my, my, my wife wanted an uh, immersion blender and I ordered one. Now, that's not the kind of thing that I ever would have thought, huh? I should get a nice immersion blender because because I don't I don't make coffee with cardamom, but but my wife does. I consider that a blessing. Yeah, that's nice. And and for me, uh, as somebody who wants to uh, have a thoughtful gift, but also will then turn that into a month of agony as I compare two turquoise necklaces to one another in a jewelry store where the people at the store are like you again, and I'm like, yeah, I just wanted to see which one of these glinted in the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice to be told, no, I would like this lamp from cost plus world market. And here's the SKU number. Anyway, my daughter and I went downtown. It was a rainy December night and we got the little lamp and we came back to the truck and it wouldn't start. And it had been playing around with not starting for several months. And I had always managed to kind of sit there and, you know, jiggle the key and, turn the radio on and off and, you know, kick the tire and then it would start. But she and I were downtown. The sun was going down. It was raining and the truck wouldn't start. And it wouldn't start and it wouldn't start. And, you know, my little girl, bless her heart, is uh, she's somebody that really, really believes that things should go a certain way. And she already did not believe that dad's old green truck was the way that things should go. She'd had enough experience in cars that had windows that rolled down, not electric windows that rolled down necessarily, just windows that rolled down at all. And (laughs) she knew that dad's truck had a tendency to catch on fire and that also it was very noisy in there and it smelled like motor oil and mold. And she was just over it. She'd been over it. And she's been in your, uh, your your daughter's partner mother partner's automobile, which I'm guessing doesn't have the same issues. No, my uh, my uh, partner slash daughter's mother 
Mm-hmm. She is a she's a a, a lady that she's she a little fancy, a little fancy, and she likes a she likes a sinister looking car. She likes a car that looks dangerous and bad and and sophisticated. She grew up her her stepfather slash father uh, raced um, um, Lancias. Uh, the Italian, we we might oh, say. I think you mentioned this, yeah. Lancia, or even if you were trying to be fancy, Lancia, but he uh-huh. says Lancia, which I uh-huh. guess, we, I mean, CIA, that's one of the ways you can pronounce CIA. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he raced cars and they would go out and do rally races and they have, they're, you know, they liked old vintagey cars. So she drives a car that when it pulls into the when it pulls into the scene, it just looks like something wicked this way comes. It's the kind of kind of car you would think of the movie Bridesmaids. Kind of uh, kind of car you wouldn't be embarrassed uh, to hand over and have somebody park for you. You might you don't need to tell them anything special about how the car works, right. and you might even say something like, "Could you please be extra careful? You know, I don't want to ding in my door." Well, that's the thing. It's not ostentatious to the degree hmm. that you would pull in to pick up your child at the at the elementary school, and everybody would go, "Ooh." It's not oh, like she that. thinks she's all that. Yeah, not that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's not the seven or eight. It's the five, which is the mm. sweet spot right in the middle there, where it's like, wow, that's really sinister and kind of fast and cool. But it's not like, it's not the one where you're like, ah, what an asshole. Anyway, my daughter is uh, is well enough versed in the world to know that some cars have some cars you can talk to the steering wheel and it will call your mom. Some cars have a little map that shows up. Mm-hmm. Some cars have, have you know, the locks go on and off, according to... Very, very high touch, but not too quirky, it sounds like. And then some cars, which is to say only one car that any of <laughs> friends have ever seen, have an AM radio that only gets KIXI, and you need to pull the lever back into the left just to get it to start. And so that night in December, I sat trying to get the truck to start, and she was extremely dissatisfied. And very frustrated with me and very vocal about her frustration. And she's for a long time said, like, get a new car. And I'm like, I'm, yeah, one day, you know. She's like, so anyway, she's mad and, and I'm getting stressed out because the sun is going down. And the last thing I want to do is try and get a tow truck to Pike. I, I was in Pike Place Market. Like, how would you even get a tow truck down there? Mm-mm. I don't even believe that tow truck companies even recognize it. It's not even on, it's it's one of those things like the like the Wild Wild West uh, robot show where if you say mm-hmm. if you say uh, Pike Place Market, they don't even know what you're talking about. They oh the yeah yeah or like uh, Dick Cheney having the Naval Observatory uh, removed from Google Maps. Yeah, you can't even see it. As as they say, you can't get there from here. Can't get there. Can't get there. You're gonna have to get your broken car some somewhere uh, somewhere different. So I started to do the thing that anybody that has an old car does, which is, well, what happens <laughs> if you hit the dashboard with your fist? Nope. What happens if you turn the windshield wipers on and off? Nope. What happens mm-hmm. if you get out, walk, oh, oh, here's the classic one. Get out, open the hood, and look at the alternator. Okay. A lot of people think that's going to work, and sometimes it does. Just give it a real, real good stare. Like, say, what's going on with this guy? Yeah, go, you know, uh, go uh, jiggle the wires that appear to be going from the battery to other things and from the alternator to other things. Didn't work. None of the things worked. I checked the oil, didn't work. 
<sighs> sat there with her and she is just, she is screaming bloody murder at me. And I'm like, look, this is not helping. You being mad is not helping me get this truck started. And eventually, in the process of jiggling everything, I pulled the the um, the gear shift lever back, and all of a sudden, vroom! And at the time, oh. I turned to her and I said, "See, darling, huh. your father has figured it out." But inside, I was going, "That's the most random shit I ever heard." And thank God I got this truck started because we were just about we were we had reached like crisis level. Mm-hmm. So then I had a new then the cr- truck had a new quirk which is like haha no one could ever steal this truck because it you have to do three things. <laughs> you got into the secret knock. But when I started and this was just happened uh, about a month and a half ago I was driving along in the dark on a rural road and the headlights went off. Oh boy. And you know like whoa. nothing nothing was different nothing had changed. Steady, steady pressure on the accelerator. Lights off. And I'm driving along in the dark with the lights off, and I was like, "This is not up to code." And what am I going to do now? And so I, you know, I kind of did the thing where you you turn the light, you know, turn the lights on and off. You pull the knob, push it in, pull it in, push it off. And one of mm-hmm. the first times the truck caught on fire, it was. <laughs> Because of (laughs) this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash supertrain. My friends, what do you say about Squarespace? I mean, it's Squarespace. You can do it all. So many things. You can create a beautiful website to turn your cool idea into your new home on the web. You can showcase your work. You could uh, publish a blog or put up other kinds of content. You know, other galleries are beautiful. All kinds of things you can do with uh, with images. Of course, you can sell products and services of all kinds right on your very own site. You could promote your physical or online business. You can even announce an upcoming event or special project. Squarespace does this by giving you beautiful templates created by world-class designers. They have uh, powerful e-commerce functionality to sell whatever you want to sell right online, right on your site. You get the ability to customize the look and feel of your site, the settings, the products, all of that, some clicks, some drags. Bob's your uncle. You got yourself a Squarespace. Of course, everything is uh, optimized for mobile right out of the box. It looks great on every device or dingus. And they're offering a new way to buy domains where you can choose from over 200 domain name extensions. They uh, offer analytics that help you uh, grow in real time, built-in search engine optimization, free and secure hosting with nothing to patch or upgrade ever, And if you ever find yourself in a jam, don't worry about it. They have 24 by 7 award-winning customer support. As I like to say on here, you know, because it really is germane, uh, I've been using Squarespace forever, and you're using Squarespace right now, you know, as a a listener of Roderick on the Line, because Squarespace is where we have hosted that podcast, and uh, always will. They really are the best. So right now, please go uh, check out squarespace.com slash supertrain and get a free trial. And, uh, and when you're ready to launch, you can use our offer code SUPERTRAIN, and that will save you 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Uh, they've been such good friends to the show, squarespace.com slash SUPERTRAIN. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Roderick Online and all the great shows. One of the first times. Okay. Turned, all right. Because it has some aftermarket fog lights on it, and I turned, oh, I turned okay. the fog lights on, and somehow the fog lights were not... They, they, it suffered a short, 
and the fog lights cooked the wires and the headlights went off and I had to, and I was in Missouri. I had to pull over and I actually had to get a tow at that point because I'm on the interstate in Missouri. You can't just drive along with your headlights off. And it turned out it had cooked the wiring harness and I had to get, you know, I had to get a lot of it replaced just to keep on keeping on. Well, this time headlights go off. I know it's not, I don't have the fog lights on. I know it's not the, it's, it's, Whatever, a thousand things it could be. Mm-hmm. But what happened, what had happened, mm-hmm. I, I moved my foot. Now, my foot's on the carpet. It's not touching a button. It's not on the brake. It's my left foot. If you're driving an automatic transmission car, your left foot should never do anything. The only thing it should ever do is reach over and touch the button um, that turns your... It's your so the first thing you got to teach a youngster is that there's, there's two pedals. In an automatic, but that doesn't mean you use two feet. No, you only use the one foot. Use your use your left foot for getting in and out of the car and for setting the parking brake, and that's parking it. brake. And also your high beams, if your high beams have a, a floor button like like the nineteen seventy nine GMC. You can also tap your foot if there's a catchy tune on KXIX. Well, so this is what happened. I moved hmm. my left foot just slightly, and the headlights went back on. Okay. And I hadn't tapped the floor. I didn't. It's not like I stomped it. I just moved it. And huh. so I drove along for a while and I was like, well, now that's the interesting thing. And the headlights went off again. And so I moved my foot over to the area, which is just an area on the carpet, and the headlights went back on. And I realized, well, this is one that I could, this is something I couldn't even explain. I have no idea why. Putting my foot over there will restore the headlights. So since then, the headlights have only gone off a couple of times. And both times subsequent, I moved my foot and they went back on. But this was in some ways the truly final straw where it felt like there will come it because this is how the, the starter thing started, right? You I mean, there were several times when the truck couldn't, get started and I jiggled the keys and it finally did. This is a thing where I move the foot and the lights go back on, but what happens the day they don't? And I'm out yeah. where I'm out, I'm out, you know, looking for abandoned gold mines or whatever. And the headlights go off. So everybody, you know, they're all, they're all rattling my cage. They've been doing it for four years saying you need to buy a car. They've been doing it for 14 years. Hey, John, is it because of optics or safety or, uh, you know, aesthetics? Like, is it, is it one of those, like, I don't, you know, you can't, we don't want John to get double canceled, you know, because he, he, he flipped the car, his foot was in the wrong place. You mean, you know? why do they want me to buy a car? What's, um, well, I mean, there, I, I, as an observer of this, I could say, well, you should just get a regular car. You're a grown man. Right. But what do you think is the driving factor? Are they talking about this in hushed tones when you're not around or loud tones? Like, what was the primary driver? It's mainly like, is this not a safe place for your kid to be? Or is it like, just like you, we, we can't have this happen? <clears throat> All of the above, right? I mean, th- there is, mm-hmm. there is a general kind of sense. I think you don't have to zoom out very far. To say, you're a 52-year-old man, and you need a car to live in the world. You have a daughter that goes to things like 
uh, used to go to things, but now increasingly we'll start going to things again, ballet, yeah. whatnot. And, um, and also there are things you need in the world. One of them is a car. You go to the store, you go to your dentist appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been very cute and very quaint that you have chosen a, uh, old fashioned car. And you have to admit <laughs> that a 1979 car is actually a 40 th- or 42 year old car. Older than some. Yeah, if you were in 1979, you would have been driving like almost like an Auga kind of car. Uh, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you do that little thing we do with like same amount of time, nice. you'd be talking about like like a post-war nope. uh, automobile. No, you'd be talking about a 1930. Wait, is that right? You'd be talking about. Oh, I dropped a deck. 38. Oh, so it really might have been. It might have been a Stutz Bearcat, like some, but something with an Auga. Uh, it could. It, Su- suicide doors, that kind of thing. I mean, my dad. Well, his first car was a Model A, and he would have been 16 in 1937, and so that's what we're talking about. So you've already got background social pressure for this, and now on top of it, you've got what I'm going to call an accumulation of quirks. Well, when the truck... Each on their own might not be the worst thing in the world, but at this point now, your your car seems haunted. Right, and and when it caught on fire... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I had already the the GMC RV had caught on fire, and it caught on fire outside of Mount Shasta. And I had my daughter, my daughter's mother slash partner, and my mother in the RV with me at the time. And it caught on fire, and we were in a place, we were in a place north of Wairika, where there was no cell phone service. And I had to climb up to the top of a thing with my phone and call AAA. And we spent all day there because AAA was like, we don't have a tow truck that can carry an RV. And I was trying to explain to them, it's not an RV, it's a GMC RV. And they're different. They're front wheel drive. You can hook it up to any big uh, tow rig. And they were like, hmm. We don't believe you. And when the guy finally got there, he was like, oh, I mean, and they had to get a special guy, you know, all this. When he got there, he was like, oh, it's basically like a, it's basically like a Torino. And I said, yeah, it is. That's what I've been saying all day. But, but my, my family lost faith in me. They, they did not lose faith in me because I did get them out of there. Mm-hmm. But that, that should have been a lesson learned. As we were sitting next to the road with the smoke pouring out of the RV and, the and you know, like all of the bears came out of the forest to watch and they were like, mm-hmm. what happened to this guy? And the family was like, we're going to cower inside. We would cower inside the RV except it's full of smoke. Yes, yes. So that that was one of those where all of the all of the commentary, the general kind of running commentary of like, you know um, – you you and your car thing and your Vespa thing, it's all very precious and it was it was super cute when you could just I don't know what when you could walk to the store when your truck caught on fire. But we're in the Well when you were a Bachelor Rock Star. Bachelor Rock Star, right. Well I'm- I mean that's exactly the kind of quirky thing a Bachelor Rock Star would do, but now you know, that car has to be used for other things or, or that vehicle in general. And, and the fewer of your vehicles that catch on fire, the less agita that's going to cause for your family. And I had never purchased a car before the Suburban. Uh, I mean, I, I'd, I'd bought cars over the years in the sense of like, oh, this, you know, somebody's selling a Volkswagen bus on, 
in the Spokane Spokesman Review for 700 bucks, and I have 700 bucks, and I'm going to drive, and the bus caught on fire, actually. Uh, and then I bought that truck, that, that uh, Ford F-250 that had the Chevy motor when I had to come down from Alaska because my dad's stupid camper thing caught on fire. Um, so, it's a, you know, this happens. This happens quite mm-hmm. a bit to me, old things catching on fire. But then for a long time, I was, you know, I, I inherited my dad's Audi, which thankfully never caught on fire, but it did stop running. And then I was driving that, uh, he had some Chrysler thing that I was driving, and then my mom's Chrysler, and, you know, I was just inheriting cars for a long time. So, my my family stopped thinking it was cute, and then my Suburban caught on fire. And I was on my way to pick up my daughter at her school, and had to call and say, sorry, I can't make it, I'm on the side of the road, and the truck is on fire. And it was just, you know, my credibility was just in the in the tank. Well, this has... It's been three years since then. Three, oh, boy. Four years. And I've just been limping along. Just yeah. Limping. Mm-hmm. So fine. And the thing is, the whole time I'm thinking like, well, like every ding dong like me, I'm thinking like, I'm going to fix it up. I'm going to fix it up. I'm going to get it. One of these days, I'm going to fix it up. Wasn't ever going to fix it up. Or if I, you know, if I was going to fix it up, I mean, I would have to tear this thing down to the hubs to fix this electrical problem. That's what they say. So finally I was told that I needed to buy a car. Oh, it's escalating. And I went and I was, Oh, I'm really, really, really having to confront the fact that, that, um, I suffer from tremendous indecisiveness and, um, and it is a, and it is a real handicap. Uh, my friend George was saying, we went to a baseball game the other day and, um, and we were talking about our lives. He's a, he, mm-hmm. he's a little older than us. Um, and he was saying that he was trying to, he was trying to not say anything bad about himself. And if he caught himself in the day saying something bad, he would note it and he would say, wait a minute, that's not, uh, that's not right. Mm-hmm. Don't say something bad about yourself. And he, and even then he was like, you know, I'm trying not to say like, that's not right. Cause that's also something bad. He's just trying to notice and try not to say anything bad about yourself. And um, and I, as he was talking about it, I was like, I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could go a week and not say something bad about myself. It's, I think for a long time I thought it was a way I disarmed other people. Right. Like, oh, you know, don't mind me. I'm just a fat loser with no, who never graduated from college and can't finish. Sometimes I'm doing that because I'm trying to reset the bar. What does that mean? Oh, um, not the bar as in a K bar, but the bar as in like, it's a classic, you know, you and me, I procrastinate. And, uh, uh, but it became a way of saying, oh yeah, yeah, I handed in that paper late. So like, it's actually pretty good considering that I stayed up all night doing it. Yeah, yeah. You could say lowering the bar, but it's a way of saying like, 
it's just funny though when that becomes somewhat permanent. Not funny, tragic. When it becomes somewhat permanent and you're constantly trying to sort of, I don't know if you're doing that, but in my case, it's not exactly fishing for compliments, but it's more like this is how I live with myself. Yeah, right. Oh, no, it's very much like that for me, too. Um, and that, that thing of like, don't expect too much because I'm a fat loser. Mm-hmm. I'm a professional disappointer. Uh, well, that's it. And and so, but the thing is, it's become, it's it was funny, tragic 20 years ago. Now it's right. tragic. Right, right. Uh, because it's all I do. I mean, if you ask me any question about myself, I will, I will say something disparaging. And George has been through a lot. And George is saying, um, "This is George from the TV show." This is George Meyer. Yeah, the the okay. TV show TV show George. Oh yeah, uh, original writer for the big Letterman fan show. Mm-hmm. Big fan. And uh, he's a very smart and and wonderful and extremely sensitive person. And he's also susceptible to this kind of in, inner internal narrative. And he said, you know, I just try not to say something bad about myself. You say bad things about yourself all the time. And I said, well, it's because I'm an idiot. And he was like, see, see, you're doing it right now. You're saying something. Oh, I see. Like, oh, right, right, right. And so I said, I don't think I could do it. And he said, try it for a week. Try and go for a week without saying something bad about yourself to yourself. And what mm-hmm. he said was – we're used to like what it does when you say something bad about yourself, even if you're even if you are on top of it thinking like, oh, it's ironic or um, he said, your your uh, your animal brain hears it as an attack and actually has an attack response to it. And so you're constantly- even though it's even though it's not self-inflicted. Yeah. Yeah. It just mm-hmm. it hears it. You know, and this is I mean, and George George isn't super woo, but. You know, this is all part of our model. No, no, no. I mean, the way I, uh, in a different point in my uh, my life and career, I would have said that the easiest way to put this is whatever muscles you exercise are the muscles you will develop. Right. So it's advisable to understand that that concept exists. Uh, it is real. And if you don't want the muscles that have gotten big on yourself, you need to develop something different. That's exactly what he's saying. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's, it's been a struggle for me even to know what constitutes something bad uh, because I say so many bad things about myself that I can't even discern, you know, like... Well, it's like telling somebody to breathe different. <laughs> it's like you, I mean, like, start try breathing through your butt. And you're like, well, that sounds fascinating, but, like, that's not really historically how I've done this. It's a, a whole realignment of your self, your self-image, your presentation... You're, but of course, then, you know, we, um, a lot of us have that inside voice, inside the head voice talking to us. You got your Welsh troll. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It sounds like George is trying to say, I'm, I'm, I'm putting that guy on notice. My Welsh troll is no longer desired here. I'm going to do a different thing. And he's doing it in a very assertive way of saying, like, he's going to be the one who stops that voice by noting it and then saying, let's not do that as much. That's right. I think that's, that's a, I'm going to try it. It's a very interesting exercise. Well, and, you know, and and he's kind of a hero to me in in that he is, uh, you know, he's, he's, um, he's very sensitive, but he's also, like, you know, he's an angry guy, and he's tried to deal with his anger, and he's tried to do all these things, and he's a work in progress. And so he's telling me, like, this is just something – you know, you you have to learn to breathe out of your butt or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have to retrain yourself. And it's just like, oh, my God, I'm trying to retrain myself so many different ways. But, yes, you know, this is something small. It feels like something you can't argue with. Like 20 years ago, I would have argued with you, even 10. 
I would have said, right. you have to say something negative about yourself because that's the truth. It was the 90s. That's what we did. Yeah. And also, you know, yeah. it's like, I, then now you see, I'm interested in this idea of you like kind of fighting your one fighting oneself about this stuff. And it's, it's sort of like, well, you, you can't tell me how to, how to <laughs> think about myself. Yeah. And, you're, and then you're fighting that. You know, he wrote, uh, why wow, he wrote Mr. Lisa Goes to Washington. I love that episode. Yeah. He wrote a lot of things. I am the American non-voter. Yeah, he's a, um, but, but so, so. You need you, people like this in your life, John. I'm going to say it's good for you to have people like that. Well, I agree. I agree. And, and there are, you know, there are a lot of, I have a lot of funny people in, in my life, but the ones that are funny and then can switch gears, you know, and then you're like that, you know, you're, Aww. and you can switch gears. And, no, I'm not funny. Serious. Oh, you're very. <laughs> yep. Oh, you said something negative about you. I did, I did the thing. I did the thing. Yes, and Yes, and So, so when I say that going car shopping, I'm, I, I suffer from indecision paralysis. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether that's a negative thing I'm saying. Or I think that's part of it. But this is one of the ways in which you are like uh, our worst friend, John Syracuse. Yeah. In that, like, for John Syracuse, this, uh, there's a, a very, very, very funny episode of our program we do. This just the entire episode is about him having to buy a replacement refrigerator mm -hmm. and everything that's involved when you live in that man's head, mm -hmm. everything that's involved in that. Because, and the reason I mention it here, I don't mean to take off track, but like, I would say, yes, may maybe you're indecisive. You're probably indecisive, mm -hmm. but you are related to that, a ruminator, mm -hmm. you ruminate, but also you want the right one. And in John's case, what could be more stressful than finding out that his refrigerator broke and he doesn't have any time to do, the man hasn't bought a new TV in like 16 years yeah. because there's always a better one coming soon. He's always doing the research. He's reading the trades. And then the idea of like this sort of, you're in the same situation, if I may say, which is like, well, now I got to go buy a car and I feel like a sucker because yes, I'm indecisive, but also I want the good one. You don't want to accidentally get the one that doesn't have the thing you want, or you discover there's some uh, whoopsie doopsie about it that you, you, you didn't know about. And then like you're fighting your own nature as a ruminator by saying like, uh, I'm just going to go buy a car, like some kind of sucker. It doesn't feel good or right. No, and I, it's the whoopsie doopsie every time that I don't want. I hate the whoopsie dipsy and I do it all the time. I got the wrong one. Got, you know, oh, I hate it. I hate that too. And and I've been so honestly, I've been looking for a car for four years because four years ago when the car caught on fire, <laughs> I was like, Well, that's probably the sign. And somehow yeah. I limped back into life by taking it up to my mechanic and saying, like, how hard would it be to paste this back together? What I should have done is, is, is what any normal person would have done is gone to the insurance company and said, I have this thing insured and it caught on fire. So therefore pay me for it. It's a wreck. <laughs> Car me. Car me. And what I did was go up to this, uh, to this, uh, you know, wrench turner friend and who said, well, this thing's never going to be the same again. And no matter what I do, it's just going to be a constant, uh, rats, a rat king of of uh, of gremlins. <laughs> but uh, yeah. you don't even know what's what's gonna go next. That's right. Rat king of. That's why it's that's what makes it feel haunted. Is 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 like the the left foot thing though, John. That's I think you were smart to realize that's that's a that's a point. Well, I where say, you need to. I, and what I haven't said about it is that the speedometer doesn't work. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the, ah, you know the that. Gear, you, you know how fast you're going. You know how fast you're going. The gear shift lever no longer has an indicator, so you have to kind of just feel what gear it's in because the little pointer fell off at some point. This is a car that requires extensive use of uh, the force. There's the, a lot of the force. It has no heater anymore or air okay. conditioner. Oh, okay. The heater went. And what'd you say about the windows? Windows don't roll? The windows don't roll down because, oh. uh, well, for a variety of reasons. Uh, but then, so it's like the opposite of the General Lee. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but then the windshield wipers are always on. So <laughs> what I what I have to do? You got a real some real chitty chitty bang bang shit going on here. When it's not raining, I go out and I open the hood and I and I disconnect the windshield wiper engine, the motor for the windshield wipers, I disconnect it from the power. I pull out the little module that provides power to the windshield wipers. And so I drive around without windshield wipers on and and to everyone else it appears normal. But what that is, is the windshield wipers are disconnected. So if I'm driving and it starts to rain, (laughs) I can drive for a while, but if it starts to be, if it starts to, if it continues to rain, let's put it that way, I have to pull over and get out now in the rain, open yep. the hood on the side of the road and reconnect the windshield wipers, hoping that... As your daughter scowls at you sc- from the passenger just seat. Just scowling and, and complaining. And the motor's running and I'm you know reaching in there and it, it's, uh, I'm working with some electrical. I don't know enough about it to know for sure. I mean, I unplugged a couple different things before I got the windshield wipers to stop. So I plugged those things back in. You know, I'm not... I'm not some expert, and I didn't look at a diagram. Oh. But so in the summer, I mostly drive around with the windshield wipers unplugged. In the winter, I kind of leave them plugged in with the assumption it's going to be raining. So when you start the car, the windshield wipers are on, you know. You think about, like, in uh, this was true at my college. I think this is true in a lot of, uh, like, old New York apartment buildings where, like, you switch over. And you say like, okay, now it's time to have access to heat. You don't just turn on the heat all. You gotta like say, oh, this whole building's gonna have, be able to have heat now. And they flip the big switch, and that stays on for a while. And you're saying it's it's uh, rainy spider season, and it's time it's time for me to have these on. In the North Country, it was when you, uh, and by that I mean Alaska, when you put your snow tires on. Exactly the same. Yes. The day you put your snow tires on, and then there was a day you took them off, and that was that marked the change of seasons. But the indecisiveness, mm. other, I need a, I need a, so I need a, a table where I can sit and eat my food and where my children can play with their toys. <laughs> and I've been looking for, in, in my house, I've been looking for a table again for, uh, for two years and not as bad as a couch, but not a lot better. And and it's just a, t- a couch. A couch to me is the ultimate. I will never find the right one of these, but I can find a thousand wrong ones. That's right. So, so like for example, my wife decided to surprise us with a new table. You know, again, I was not consulted on this, well, and it was a kind of table where like when you get in there, first of all, it was round, which I find very upsetting, and then you you couldn't fit your knees in there because of, like where the legs were, and then I just had to live. I just made this face for two years. You know what I mean? It's, I you're like, this is it. This is it now. I, I'm paying to store this in a house, and I don't love it. And like, I, I will, I will hate myself if I don't get a table I can love. We're paying to store it, and we don't live far enough out in the country that we can take it out and burn it when we're done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you live, yeah, yeah, you know, you could just be Saturday night. Let's go make a bonfire out of table. Let's go throw that table out there and burn it up. Yep. You can't do that in San Francisco. 
You need a place to eat and for your uh, children to play with their toys. That's right. And so I continue <laughs> to eat dinner every night sitting cross-legged on the floor, eating out of a plate that's on my lap. And I have been doing that for a long time, and it's time to get a table. So I, yesterday, I was at the store. The the um, The people that run the store are are people that now have become friends because I'm in the store a lot because they have tables. And every time I run my finger all around the table and I get down on the floor and I look at it from the bottom and I talk to them about the table and I talk to them about the table's table and the friend. I bet you also listen to the table. I bet you listen. You listen the same way you would listen for your passport, right? You say, well, I'm waiting for the table that speaks to me. That's right. And I listen. And that takes multiple visits. We went Again, we went through this with couches for 15 years before we, we finally bought one off the internet. But like, you know, the, but like there's a, there's a thing where you're like, I want, I want the one that's going to speak to me. Yes. I would go and visit albums at Vinyl Fever oh. for half a year before deciding if I was really ready to go all in on this, you know, EP by the alarm or whatever. Sure, you don't want to just, you don't want to spend your allowance on something. I'm not made of money. Well, that's the case here. And so I'm at this shop and they have a table and it's the first table I've seen in a very long time that I like. It just is a likable table. Hmm. And it's been refinished, but I prefer the refinish because the original finish on these tables tended to be a little green over time. And they've and it's a walnut table. They've refinished it and it looks nice. Now, let me explain oh, nice. that the yeah. table is part of the Broyhill Brasilia line. Broyhill Brasilia. Broyhill. And they, they would sell, like we would say in Florida, like, 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 a, like a bedroom suit exactly. or, or a living room suit. You can get a whole, like, a phalanx of related things, and they have collections. You know, like, you, you love it at Levitt's kind of thing, right? Exactly right. And the Broyhill. The Brasilia, uh, hmm. the Brasilia line was, um, was actually debuted uh, at the Seattle World's Fair in 1962. The devil, you say. Yeah. And it and so Brasilia is a um, is a style of uh, a style that is um, that's based on the city of Brasilia, which was designed by the ar- architect Oscar Niemeyer, and he hmm. and it's and it looks very much like Future Town. You uh, like like it's it's a completely completely planned capital city. Except unlike Washington D.C., it's not uh, Greek classical. It is like city of the future. Dun dun dun. Mm-hmm. And so the World's Fair in 1962 used a lot of these elements, these kind of parabolas, and and um, and so the Broyhill Company, capitalizing on the architecture of uh, Nehemiah and and um, his collaborators, um, they. Uh, they designed this furniture that has these big kind of parabolas and these interesting shapes. And I'd never been very interested in the furniture because it had a kind of a green tint to it and it felt a little bit, you know, I didn't like mid-century anything because it all seemed so kitschy. But this is also, if I could say, I can't stop myself. This is also becomes, uh, I've never known what this phrase means, but it's the exception that proves the rule. Because you think about another indecisive thing. I, I'm not going to use that word anymore because I don't care for it. Yeah. But another thing where you were deliberative in your pre-purchase you, that's a vetting word, yes. was your, your housing. Right. You wanted a place that hadn't gotten all goofed up right. and they hadn't stripped the green off. Right? Like ordinarily, you're like, you want that original patina. 
In this case, this is this is more in your wheelhouse. Well, and the thing about it is that a table, you're going to ruin a kitchen table anyway. The people that oh, are Jesus, yes. dining room t- All the crafts. It's just like, come on. It's going to have glue gun. Ugh. Glue. I'm going to have to strip this table a couple of times. So let's just stop pretending. Yep, yep, yep. And so here's this Brasilia, but because it's been refinished, it's much, much cheaper. You know, there's like everything that's collected by somebody there. You know, there's there are people that have their whole houses done in this because they also made dressers and beds and china cabinets. That's part of the suit. We that's what we call it in North Florida. You call it a suit. You get a you get a in this case a dining room suit. You can get the side sideboard, all all the different things. And this is this is not part. Is, did you say it's parabolic, John? Uh, well, the furniture is just square because all furniture is square, but it has parabolic oh. designs on it. Oh, I love that. Okay, see, so it's kind of a googly sort of um, uh, like you know uh, that 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 look that look yeah, yeah. of like you know big boomerangs yeah, and stuff like that. Exactly. But it's a table. It's not a parabolic table you'd be eating at because again, that would make me crazy. It's a square table, but it has parabolas okay. and the table. Does it have a leaf, John? Does it have a leaf in it? It has multiple leaves. It has three. Shut your whore mouth. And this sounds amazing. So I'm looking at the table and I'm like, this is the first table I've seen in a long time that I like and it's very reasonably priced mm-hmm. and I'm going to buy this table right now. I have, uh, this has been, this has been two years. I've been looking for a table. Here's a table. I, and, and it is affordable and I need a table because the, you know, it was the other day. And again, my daughter is driving a lot of this. We're sitting on the floor, crisscross mm-hmm. applesauce. And she's like, she's like, I want to live in this house, but I cannot because <laughs> I'm hearing I'm hearing a couple other voices in this voice. She says, I cannot because it's not this house is not ready uh-huh. for me. It's ready for you. You can sit yeah. on the floor and eat, but like she I mean she doesn't say like I have dignity because she doesn't ha- she hasn't made those formulations yet. But she's like, I'll come live at this house with you when you're ready. And I'm like, wow. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, that cuts. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And you know, and because I've got her bedroom here, she comes over and she plays in her bedroom. But then when it's dinner time, she's like, I would like to have dinner in a house with a table. <laughs> so I'm ready to buy the table. And then the woman says, you know, it has six matching chairs. And I'm like, tell me more. And uh-huh. she's like, they're in the back. We haven't refinished them yet, but we took the, we took the, the, um, you know, the upholstery needed to be changed. And so we took the upholstery off and underneath the upholstery was the original upholstery. And the original upholstery on these chairs was like gold and it had eagles like, Oh wow. Gold eagles. And so she brings the chairs. Is that, is that a Brasilia theme? Well, I don't know about. I haven't. So I've done. But I mean, nobody nobody hates an eagle. Nobody hates. It. I mean, except for maybe like a field mouse. And these and this fabric is the type of thing that you can now buy the you can buy reproductions of the fabric. People have just a swatch of the fabric in a frame on the wall. It's all this. Damn, people love textiles. They really do, and then, and it's mm-hmm. you know it's beautiful. So she brings the chairs out. They haven't been refinished, but they're nice and weathered and worn. The, the, the original upholstery is on them, and it's, it's definitely weathered. It's, like, used. But the whole thing appeals to me, and I'm like, oh, this is, this is wonderful. And I'm just – and she's like, we haven't done anything to it. We haven't refinished it, so, you know, we'll sell you the whole thing. 
for this, and it's extremely reasonable. If you go online and and look for this table and chairs, you know, and and the this is a used thing, right? Even though it's collectible, if I went to a store, a regular store, and bought a dining room table that was made out of walnut and six matching chairs, it would cost three times what this thing Ugh. is going to cost. This, and I'll, I'll tell you one thing, just in passing, this has been true of furniture since Christ was a corporal. If you went to, I don't know about a Broyhill, but if you go to any of those chains, Ugh. like, 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 like uh, it's crazy what cr- even crappy furniture costs. It's um, it's just, it's ridiculous. They, there must be something to that, like the whole like mattress store jam up. Mm. There must be something to the pricing in those stores that makes sense to somebody. But it always feels like the strangest example of like, the people who have tons of money to spend on furniture would not buy this because it's gross. And the people who should know better do, it's weird. I think that the people that have a lot, a lot of money do buy those things because nobody knows the, di- you know, it's all got veneer on it, but nowadays it's all made of particle board or yeah yeah and it's all you know you go to west elm or these places and the furniture oh i know i know expensive it's like seven thousand england they call it mdf yeah we get a lot of that's just blown together sawdust yeah you know with a price tag on mdf sickening that stuff off gases you know that we've talked oh i know it off gases it out gases it gases it's gross so oh that'll be twelve hundred dollars sir so i'm looking at this and the and and this is a woman at the store who has dealt with me many times where I've come in and I've touched everything in the store and then I've left. And her brother uh, is like about my age and I like him very much. He's also somebody who is like a John Thircutha type who uh, who touches everything and then leaves without buying it. His sister was telling me an anecdote that he had an apartment in California one time where he lived for uh, two years without a bed because he couldn't choose a bed. So he just slept in a sleeping bag on the floor because he would go look for beds. And he could, and I was just like, you're singing my mm-hmm. sister. Yep, yep. So I'm about to, I'm just, I'm, I feel so ready. And I'm like, I'm going to just buy this table and chairs right now. I'm not going to look into it. I'm not going to to be indecisive about it. And, and I say, I call my daughter over because she's over playing with some thing that she found, some, some space oddity. I would have been sitting in a rocking chair or a recliner. You would. Or I would have been touching swatches. Oh, oh. but this is, is it all used? It's not, it's not a Levitt. No, it's all. This is all used. It's all, it's all, what they do is they go, the people that run this store, they go, uh, when somebody posts a chair on Craigslist, they go get it and they come back and they, and they fix it. And, okay. And then they sell it in their little store. So they're, you know, sounds cool. They're like used store, used things store. Mm hmm. And, um, and so I say, Hey honey, come over and sit down and see what you think. And so she comes over, sits down in the chair and with that, with no ceremony goes, it's hard. And I said, well, you know, were the, were the, were the purveyors of the store there when she announced this? We're all standing around clutching our pearls and she goes, it's too hard. And she gets, Hmm. runs off and I'm like, Oh no. And then uh, her mother, my, the, my, her, my daughter's mother slash partner. You're a partner, yeah. She comes over and sits down in it and goes, now I had been sitting in the, I'd already spent an hour going from chair to chair, sitting in them and, you know, rocking back and forth. And I thought they were very comfortable. And my daughter's mother slash partner comes, sits down in the chair and goes, hmm, 
it's a little uncomfortable. But you, know what? but you know what? It's your decision, which is, you know, some kind of super code for like. Jesus Christ. And so I was right there. I was right. I was standing. My feet were over the edge. And now I'm getting feedback that I cannot, I can't account for it. And, you know, and they're, they're, they're introducing doubt, introducing doubt. And they walk over and sit down in a set of chairs and they're like, well, these chairs are comfortable. And I'm like, those chairs are $2,700 because they are Herman Miller or something. I don't want, like, of course they're, I mean, not even of course, because a lot of that stuff is terrible to sit in, but, but I was just about to buy this thing. And then. Don't tell me this put you off it. So I came home and I had sitting crisscross applesauce on the floor and looking at the spot where eating out of a bowl, like a condemned man looking at where I wasn't even sitting in the spot. I was sitting across the room, looking at the spot where the table and chairs would have been if I had purchased them. So so did you experience non-buyer's regret? Well, I have no idea. I mean, that's the problem with with um, with being deliberative, as you as you gently put it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. Mm. I don't know. I look at it and I go, "Did I? I don't want to get the wrong one. I don't want to get one where I sit down. You want to get the good one. And this is my concern with the automobiles, which I assume is what we're getting to, because I've heard um, on, from reading the internet. And listening to the news, that now is a very fraught time. Because on the one hand, a lot of people have been buying or trying to buy used cars, so that stock of stuff is down. And then you got the problem with the chips, the chi- and there's not as many new cars. So I've heard it's 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 uh, difficult and costly to buy a car in a way that it was not, say, a year ago. Yeah, what that's what I heard. What it seems like is that uh, car dealers are no longer incentivized to sell used cars at a great discount because there are no new cars. Because of the chips, mm-hmm. so they've got a they've got, and and also people are buying used cars like sight unseen, like sell it to me, get me out of here. Oh, I know it's like a tulip thing all over again. Like just just put me in a Camry. Put me in a Camry. Yep. So so over the course of of several weeks with um with my and my sister is involved in this and my mother, they're oh, all boy. like, you need to solve this problem. And then all the and the car dealers are like, well, you know, if you don't buy it, somebody will. So, and I'm like, well, can you got any wiggle room? And they're like, let's get off my nose. No, we don't have any wiggle room. Sorry, buddy. And I don't like car dealers. You know, no, no offense to car dealers, but I just don't, I I want to just buy a thing that is the price that it is. I don't want to I don't want to get into I don't want to buy a carpet. I just want to get a thing. And so I'm dragging my family all around the city. And its environs, and we're test driving cars, and we're all climbing in. You know, we, all five of us in the car, um, five adults and a and a kid. You know, and I'm like, how does it feel? How's it feel way in the back there? You know, drive around. How's the acceleration? Oh, it's good. What about the features? And every car has so many different options. Mm-hmm. They call them trim packages. Trim packages, Merlin. Oh, my goodness. And there's some cases, I've learned from John Cruz. there's some cases where there's stuff you don't want that you have to agree to to get the stuff that you do want. Like, if you would like, go try and find yourself, as John Cruz has, try and find yourself a, a nice, fancy stick shift car. Oh. 
uh-uh-uh. If you want this, if you, and if you want the good interior, you're going to have to like get the right package because it isn't just something. It isn't like a salad bar. Yep. Which is actually a pretty good idea. They yep. should do that. There should, there should be a, we should be able to buy cars like a salad bar. I don't know why they don't do that because it makes... C- cable TV. If you want if you want this channel, you got to get all these other channels. Well... It's a whole thing. What's not, And that's the worst, the cable TV thing. All I want is these five <sighs> channels. I do not want the sports channel. I don't want any shopping. Anyway, the problem is that in the old days, when you bought a trim, you bought different trim packages, really the heart of those trim packages was the motor. And and the at the bottom you had the six-cylinder motor, and then you had the, the hotted-up six-cylinder, and then you had the small displacement V8, and then you had the med- middle mm-hmm. one, and then you had the hotted-up one, and then you had the really blown-out one. They, they told John DeLorean, you can't put an engine this side, size into this GTO you want to make. Like he was, he was upsetting the apple cart. He was mixing up the uh, the spreadsheets. Yep. They got a, they got a system for how they like to do this stuff, and I think the marketing, the geniuses from marketing and sales, get a lot of input on these packages, which a lot of it might be based on almost nothing aside from undiagnosed personality disorders. Well, yeah, but now you got to live with that. Bunch of young guys in suits walking around trying to <laughs> bunch of hot shots. Anyway, so I'm driving around, I'm going to all these places, and I'm like, I like this one, but I wish I had that. I like the one, I wish it was blue, I did this thing. Mm-hmm. I went out to, I was like, okay, you know what, why don't we try the, why don't we try the nice one? We'll just test drive it, see what it drives like. I was never going to buy it, but let's just go. So we drive out to the Lincoln dealer. Lincoln? Lincoln. The, the Link- Lincoln the Ford-based automobiles? Lincoln Continental. A, they still make Lincolns? Barely. And B, oh my God, that was my mother's dream car. Lincoln Continental was my mom's dream car. So what I was looking at was the Fords, but I was like, Mm -hmm. Lincoln's got all the things, so let's go see what the Lincoln's got. And I get out there, and you know, here's the other thing. All cars now are black, gray, or white. And I don't want a black, gray, or white car. I want one other option. Give me one other thing. I don't want to drive around in a black car because I look like I'm uh, for hire. I don't want to drive around in a white car because I look like a real estate agent. I don't want to drive around in a gray car because those are the people that couldn't decide. That's the color of the snork. So I get out there and there's this Lincoln and it's blue. And not only is it blue, but it's baby blue sparkle. And not only is it that, but when you (laughs) open the door, the leather interior is blue with white piping. Damn. Is it four door? Uh, Well, so it's a, it's a, it's a SUV. It's a it's an SUV. Oh, and so because huh. I have a suburb a sparkly blue SUV. Yeah. with blue interior. Yeah, and did a pimp cancel? Well, that's the thing. The guy says the guy at the at the dealership says to me, uh, "Yeah, I'm, I don't. Are you sure you want this? This is kind of uh, this is kind of a basketball player's car." <laughs> Kidding me? It's all I ever wanted. And, uh-huh. like, and he again looks dubious at me and he says, Yeah, but a year from now. And I wait, I what is happening? And I well, because he doesn't care because he's selling cars hand over fist. There's apparently apparently He has there's no there's no uh there's no cost to honesty in this case because he'll get some other rube that comes along. It's just it's unusual to hear that kind of candor yeah. coming from somebody who sells blue cars. He's got his hands in his pockets, right? And Seattle doesn't even have, have a uh an NBA team anymore. What about the Supersonics? Well, they're gone. They got bought and they got sold. Where'd they go? Well, they're in Oklahoma City now. Haven't you? Oklahoma Oklahoma City. Utah Jazz. Give me a break. So the Seattle Storm is a great basketball uh, 
uh, team. And mm, I don't love a collective noun. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't okay, okay, okay. So, so but does, now, does that buoy you a little bit, or do you think it's a do you think it's a, a twist him up where he's trying to do some uh, some Jedi mind stuff on? You? Oh no, I don't think. I think that he thinks. Uh, you know, here this guy shows up with this camp train of of women who are all standing there with their arms crossed, tapping their feet impatiently. Yeah, and I'm like gaga over this powder blue Lincoln. And he's like, I don't know what I'm looking at here, but it doesn't look like a guy that's going to plop down a bag of money. But he lets me take it for a drive. And the whole time I'm just like, what do you, you know, how do you, what kind of world do you have to live in where you get to drive a powder blue Lincoln with blue leather interior? A blessed, a blessed life. And it's just like in the stereo. You, you need this. You need this car, John. Got to- were the, were the, was, was, the, uh, was the board of directors in there with you tapping their foot in the Lincoln? Uh, the, the thing is the Lincoln had Everything and a lot of the things were. Th- can, you, can you give me an idea of roughly how old this car is? Oh, this was a this was a new car. This was a thing I was going to. John, you looked at a new automobile. I was going to drive it just to see what it what it was like. Because uh-huh. I needed because what I needed was a benchmark, the high benchmark. Yeah. Then everything else I could measure against this. I get it. I get it. It falls in this, uh, as they say, a spectrum. You know, you're the kind of guy that walks into a store and you're going to touch a lot of furniture. It doesn't mean you're going to write a check. In this case, you're resetting the the car bar. The resetting the car bar. That's exactly what I was doing. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the problem was this this vehicle knew with all the things because it had a head up heads up display and it had a thing where if you talk to the brakes, they would talk back to you. And it was $110,000. <laughs> what? And the what? Guy, and the guy was looking at... Did you, wait, did you say how, how much? $110,000. The guy was looking at... Huh. It better come with a basketball player. He was like, you know, Filson jacket, sure. You know, like those cost $300 if you buy them, if you're not on the Filson pro team. But um, but those are not the people that buy powder blue Lincolns. Like, oh, I see. He's doing a little bit of a fight club on you. He's kind of looking you up and down, and there's going to be price tags on everything. He was like, the the person that buys this truck comes in and doesn't even need to test drive it. They just put down a bag of money because yeah. because of whatever. They're not they're not comparison shopping because there's no comparison to this. And I, yeah, see, I would have if you if you you know asked, I would have guessed. And this just shows you so many things about me. I would have guessed, and thinking I was out of my mind, $35,000. Yeah, I know. That shows you what I know. I know. I know. And I'm the same. That seems like a lot of money for an American car. Well, and that's the thing. The, the, but the thing is that, that uh, either American cars are a lot better than they were in the 19, early 1980s, which I think is true. It's hard not to. And yeah. also European cars are not as good, or the, the, the gulf between American and European and Japanese cars is not so b- wide anymore. They say, it is said, you know, we're a long time from the days of uh, Fix It Again, Tony. Yeah. Fixed or repaired daily. That's right. Which is a little redundant, but that's okay. Um, but but uh, I've heard it said that, like, you know, almost all the cars you get today are going to be mostly pretty good and reliable. Yeah, they're all pretty good and reliable. Yeah. It used to be you could only really say that for a time. You could really only say that about Toyotas, maybe VWs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and VWs are all cheaters now, and everything's made out of plastic, and the whole world— I get it. I get it. But so I drove this powder blue Lincoln, and then I was in, <sighs> then I was in trouble because I was like, well, there's no other car that's powder blue. You can't get powder blue anything. And, oh, the bar reset you. And I, you know, and I'm looking. I, I can only afford a used vehicle, or at least I, you know, that's yeah. that is the standard for me. Because how the hell are you going to pay more than, than a, uh, as you're saying? Yeah, like, do, do you want to be looking down the barrel of a what? Am I, 
My car payment in 1991 was $263 a month, right. which is a lot more money than I wanted to spend. I'm going to guess if you get if you can get financing on a hundred thousand plus car, what do you? I mean, that's going to be hundreds of dollars a month. Well, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be thousands, or it's going to be at least eighteen hundred bucks a month. <sighs> Thanks for nothing, big basketball. It's more than rent. That's ridiculous. So, of course, I'm not going to do that. But then I'm, but so then I've got the high bar and then I'm test driving other things. And I'm like, well, this one isn't as good as the Lincoln. But there were a few that were like, oh, yeah, this is fine. But that one, this car is black. I don't want that. This car is white. I don't want that. Blah, 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 blah. And then so one day I've got this list of things. And th- I don't want to be doing this either. I'm not somebody that's like, I love test. You never wanted to do this in the first place. So I'm standing there. It's a day. It's just a day like any other day. And the word comes down from on high, which is to say the, the, um, you know, the coven that runs my existence, the word comes down, you're buying a car today. Oh boy. And I'm like, I'm not ready to buy a car. And they're like, you've been looking for this car for weeks. Oh, that seems extremely arbitrary. For this car for four years. And you know what you want. You have narrowed it down. Oh. Uh, and so having narrowed, I can, I can feel my blood pressure going up right now. Right. And I'm like, but Mm-mm. there are all the options. What about this package? What about that? You know, I know I wanted <sighs> this, but I Jesus. don't want that. They're like, we're done. You're done. They can see you coming with your, gla- with their glasses off. Here he comes. Here comes Mr. Buy a car. Yep. They're like, you're buying a car today. Ugh. And so I'm like, uh, 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 and I called a dealership where I was like, okay, there's one that's that's intriguing. I'll call them and I'll I'll come up and I'll I'll buy it. I called the deal and they're like, we sold that car two hours ago. Jesus Christ! I'm like, okay, okay, okay. The noose is tightening. I can't I can't buy a car because they because that's the one I wanted. It turns out, and they sold. Yeah. And uh, and the the coven that runs my life said, well, if you wanted it, you would have bought it yesterday. So there's another one, and you're gonna buy a car today. And I was like, okay. yeah, you got a real uh, coalition of problem solvers there, huh? Well, they're just like you know. Is your is your uh, issue uh, over deliberation? Let's just say, if we're not going to speak negatively about ourselves, no. uh, then we're going to solve that for you by making the decision uh, that there's just a, there's a hard line. And you, that's like, like telling somebody who has a fear of heights they got to get in the plane and jump. That's what it is here? Why don't you Ugh. eat a bag of spiders? You know. <laughs> and so, um, so I drive up. Okay. To, what, what car? Sorry, just real quick. Uh, I have to leave soon. What um, what car did y'all drive to get to where you're gonna look at a car? Oh, we for this particular day. We drove the sinister car. Um, and when you pull, oh, you, you took uh, you took Johnny seventy nine. No, 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 we didn't do that because it, oh, you took her sinister car, your partner car. Okay. And the thing is, they all all the dealers always ask me, "You got a trade in?" And I was like, "You want a seventy nine GMC three quarter ton suburban that you need to put your foot yeah. on the thing?" And then gets AM, gets AM, pretty good. This one station. Pull back and to the left. Will you? T- how? What's my trade in on that? So I was just like, "No, no, no, don't. Let's not get." Mm-mm. But so we go to this place, and it's like a used car lot, and they specialize in like herpaderp four wheelers, mm. and. Um, and this car is kind of an anomaly on the lot because it's not derped up. It doesn't have a, you know, there's, 
Oh, it's the uh, the equivalent of the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Uh, well, no, I mean it's yeah, but it's the, but it don't, but it's got no derp, and you don't derp is something you don't. Want. I'm not looking for derp. I got enough, you know. I got enough derp. In. No, no, I know. Uh, this is just an this is just a car, and the problem is it's gray. But it is a it's a it's one Ooh. of the cool colors of gray. It's like a it's like a gunmetal gray instead of just like a bleh gray. Mm-hmm. It's an attractive looking vehicle. I get there, and I drive it, and it drives well, and it has a it has a trim package that I was not aware of. I wasn't focused on. I was like. I was looking at all these trim packages that were like, oh, do you want loafers to go with it? You know, this one has serious radio and this one. And so I, all the trim packages. Sometimes I want to sell you like a sports edition. And this was something else. I'd never seen the trim. I didn't understand what the trim package was. I think I'd seen it, but I didn't know what it was. And I was standing there and it was seven o'clock at night and the dealership closes at seven. And I get an elbow in the ribs that says, buy it. And I'm like, buy it. And it's like, uh, buy it. Ugh. And and there are people, there are tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who have bought a car. There are, dare I say, a million or more people who have bought a car, Merlin. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them just see a car that they like and they go buy it. I know that because I see these cars on the road and I'm like, who would buy that? Apparently, lots of people uh-huh. went in and they bought it. They saw it on, and they bought it. And so there's not very much sympathy for me past four, past the four-year line where it's like other people go buy cars. They buy them all the time. They buy them brand new. They buy, they buy cars. Cars are not hard to buy. You go in and you buy it. These people want to sell it to you. Buy this car. And so I bought it. And it was <sighs> awful. I sat in a chair where a guy with a with a, like a like his hair like a too short haircut and a polo shirt was like, "How much are you willing to pay?" You know, the, all that kind of. Ugh. And I was like, "I don't want to deal with you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to make small talk with you. I don't want you to give me a deal because I know it's not a deal. I don't want you to no. act like you're helping me because I know you're not trying to help me." Just. Just the, the the kindest thing that guy could do, or gal, or whomever, is to just make it quick. Just make this quick. Make it quick. Yeah, I mean, like, like don't you know? You can just skip all the niceties. Just, just screw me in the minimal way possible, and please let me just get on with what's left of my life. And it wasn't quick, you know. Uh, point, the talk about financing options, all of that. And at a certain point, the ladies were like, "Well, it looks like you got it well in hand," and they got in the car and left. They got it. Ah. And they left me in this and then the dealership turned out the lights. And so I was sitting in a in a cubicle at the back of the dealership with with the finance guy. Everybody else was gone and the lights were and the lights on the parking lot were off. I couldn't even see the truck anymore. And I'm dealing and this guy's like, "My job is to get you the best possible rate." And I was like, "I know that's not your No, it's not your job. I know what your job is, but it's not that. Just let me out of here, please." And so I drove this car and and the next day everybody was like aren't you excited oh wow you got a new car aren't you excited and it's not a new car it's a used car mm-hmm. and i wasn't i was like i bought this thing hmm. and i thought i and maybe i did the wrong thing maybe this isn't the one i wanted maybe this isn't the blah maybe i don't and so i had that terrible experience that that people that know me 
are baffled by, which is that something exciting happened to me, and I'm like, eh. Yeah. I, oh, I know that noise. Believe me. And it took me about a week of driving. Ooh. And what I did was I looked at the trim package. I went online, and I was like, I bought this thing. I should know what it is. Oh, John. Well, what? You, after, after you've already taken possession, you've driven it off the lot. It's too late. That's when you're going to find out what it does? That's right. It's too late for me. And so, uh, package, and every, and it's just like, it's just like every time I, you know, these days, I don't want to see anything on the internet that has my name on it. You know, if I have to look at something, I touch, oh, I understand. Yeah. touch the finger very gently to the thing, like the first sign that it's like, John Roderick, AKA, I'm just like, I'm out. Yep. But, I go on and I'm waiting to read the review where they're like, this trim package is garbage. It's not worth the money. Well, it turned out that the trim package is this. It's not a trim package. It's an option package that you get Mm. all this stuff that I think is cool. It's it's fantastic. It's got a, I mean, I don't love the way that it went about and you found out about it, but what a relief. What, What kind of stuff? Well, so... So it is so Ford making these SUVs. There were enough people at the at, at, uh, who were like you were describing before that was like, why can't we put this package on that thing? That eventually somebody at Ford was like, okay. And what it was was all the off roaders who were driving around in jacked up herpaderp pickup trucks. Yep, yep. We're like, why can't we have the Herpadirt package on this SUV? And so, oh, the boys in sales hear something like that, and they say, they say, they, you know, Mak Shao, like, make this thing happen. Get the Herpadirt on on the on the climber boy. Well, you and then blend those, right? Would think that's what they would do, but most of the time they're like, well, our customers don't know what they want. We're going to give them seven different kinds of of uh, satellite nav. And so what this thing has on it, this is for those listening at home, it has the four, the FX4 package, Merlin. The FX4 is the off-road equipment package on the SUV. Most of the packages on the SUV are like, how many in-back-of-seat television screens do you want? And this has got limited slip differential and jacked-up shocks and it's got a you're you're practically a first responder it's got a big radiator it's got a it's got wow cop shocks cop brakes right it's got whole skid thing plates it's got a tow package it's got all this stuff and it wasn't even a it wasn't even an option package i was aware of and all of a sudden i'm driving the coolest one of these from the standpoint of somebody like me who wants a bunch of stuff that's that is like not just televisions, but is real. It's you don't need like a chocolate fountain or something. Like you, you're looking if you're going to get the rugged vehicle, it's nice if it actually does rugged. Rugged things. instead of well, because a lot of those cars people buy them because I like to sit up high yeah. or whatever. And it's like yeah, but it's a toy and it's going to like think about the uh, think about the was it the Ford Explorers? Yeah, you know back in the nineties and two thousands where it's like yeah, it's fine as long as you don't get off. You're going to flip. Like, it's not, not made to do any of the stuff it looks like it's supposed to do. It would be like buying a hammer that breaks the first time you hit a nail. And this is the opposite. Like, these... Opposite of that. One of the problems is they all these trucks have the same engine. All the way up to the Lincoln. The, the basketball player Lincoln and the entry-level model Ford, they all have the exact same engine. 
because nobody <sighs> there's not 10 engines anymore like there like there were in 1971 there's just the one and so yeah. the difference between all these di- and one of the one of the cars sells for 50,000 and one of them sells for 110,000 they all have the same engine so okay. the package differences are like does it have blue leather or not but this truck that i accidentally bought has all this like rough and tough stuff that i'll probably never use except i will except mm-hmm. I, i'll drive this up logging roads i'll i'll do wheelies in it i'll stand it up in a sand dune i'll do all that stuff and and so i accidentally on purpose ended up getting a thing that now after after a week of driving it when i get in and i'm kind of like hmm well you know hmm, fx4 what do you say about that? And it's, it's mm-hmm. very subtle. It's got this little badge. It's not like it doesn't have a bunch of graphics on the side. Like, oh my god! How did you luck? Aren't you anxious about how how you lucked out? Well, yeah. I would now feel anxious about how it turned out. Kind of okay. Well, I am. I'm a little anxious, and and I don't. I'm anxious, and I don't even like cars. So I have to take it into the dealer because it's at. It has a mileage that's now like well, you're at this mileage, so you got to get serviced. Like the mileage uh-huh. service, like you get you get it serviced at whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get miles. it. And um, and so, but what they told me at the at the place that sold it was they're like, look, this was just something that the dealer drove, like some manager at a dealership drove this around and then handed it off to his friend, and it's only had one owner, but it was a dealership that owned it. And when mm. I when I went on the little screen, it had like forty two different people's cell phones saved in the was just like every oh right and i had driven this thing so i'm 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 anxious because i'm going to take it into the dealer and the other the new dealer to get it serviced and say has this thing been thrashed because i'm not sure if it's thrashed like it, yeah if it was me i would thrash it it's a it's a it, but it's but it's off-roader but anyway so i think i dodged a bullet because i have a car now that doesn't at least so far, catch on fire. And it has a very subtle little badge on it that differentiates it from all the other ones that are just right. different levels of television. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's a like I go out and I get in it and the windows roll up and down. And do do you worry that um do you worry that this is gonna cause your coven to just move on to another thing to bug you about? Do you get any relief from this? Do you get any credit from this? Well, they immediately moved on to telling me that the table, that the the Broyhill Brasilia chairs weren't comfortable on their precious little bottoms. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go get my drain snaked, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs>